Hi, my name is Christine, and I'm your host for the Bites on a Podcast. Ding! Hello, everyone. Uh, happy Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or whenever you're listening to this episode. Uh, it has been a minute, multiple minutes, many minutes, a shit ton of minutes um, since we last spoke. And I think the last episode I put out was probably Anna's episode in August at some point. Um, yeah, and it's what? End of October, early November, depending on how quickly I, I put this one out. And, uh, yeah, I don't have any excuse. Anna was very kind and she put out a mini shout out for me on her podcast. Or sorry, her, on her YouTube channel. And, uh, so if you guys are, subscribers of Anna, hello. Thank you for sticking around and subscribing to this podcast. I, I have no excuse. I have no excuse. I, I I felt pending guilt every day that I wasn't, believe it or not, I, I felt guilt a lot of the time um, during our time apart. And I I said there's multiple multiple times where I sat down, I, I, I emailed some people that I wanted to talk to or interview, I got in touch with people, but it was just one of those things where like I just didn't have the creative and personal motivation to put something out. And uh, it's been busy with school clinic, it's been busy with my new job and doing that balance, my personal life. And by the time it hits like what, 11 p.m., I'm kind of mentally gone. So uh, it is currently 1 a.m. right now. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it, I'm gonna sit down and do it. And uh, the, the idea for today's podcast wasn't even like, um, you know, my idea. It was suggested by a friend of the podcast. His name is Ajit. And he DM'd me this picture of, of this post, sorry. And, uh, it was this picture, it was a picture of his little, like, white bag with crumpled sheets of paper in it. And at first I thought it was some kind of, you know, environmental activist post but it turned out to be something a little bit more sweeter and um so there's this english teacher uh, I, I still haven't figured out if she's a canadian or not um but it was probably back in 2019 she she you know she the news put this article about her because she has something she had something called the baggage activity in her classroom and um and I, I, I assumed it was like an elementary or middle school teacher. And, you know, the, the, the kids, would, if, if, if they got something on their minds and feeling sad or upset about something, they would write that down on a sheet of paper, crumple it up and put it in a bag. And it was called the baggage activity. And, um, yeah, like she said, the feedback was really good among her students. And I guess because it was kind of a cute and neat idea, it got trending. So um, Ajit was like, you, you, sh- you should do something similar to this on the podcast podcast and i'm like hey yeah yeah i'd be open to this idea i put out this google form it's anonymous and uh, we had a few submissions coming in and you know the, the essential question was just like what's your baggage and i think in modern times especially with social media people think you know baggage let's say like you know oh yeah like that girl has so much baggage like why would i date her like people think about baggage as if as if it's this negative thing in a lot of ways it is but you know to me when i hear the word baggage i just think about something like um that that's holding you down weighing you down and you know it's something uh, baggage is something we we carry with us either silently or outwardly or maybe sometimes it's obvious and other times it's not but nonetheless it's something that 
you know, weighs on you or prevents you from being your best self. So when, when I kind of hear the word baggage, I think of um, things like negative thoughts, memories, negative experiences, or even like beliefs or insecurities that we have about ourselves or the world. And uh, I, I had quite a few submissions, but uh, I, I kind of had to pick and choose certain things. So I do apologize if yours was not included today. And perhaps if this thing's popular, I can do another one of these down the line. Um, but yeah, generally, I kind of want to do this because I think the world is still in a very suboptimal state. So hopefully, you know, if you're out there listening to this, and you, you, you hear something you kind of relate to, hopefully it makes you feel a little bit less alone. So without further ado, here's episode 10, featuring the voice of you guys, the listeners. Alright, jumping right into it. Uh, on the Google form, I had the questions ordered as question one, what's your baggage? Question two, how does this affect you? Um, some of these stories, some of these posts are a little bit heavy in nature. Um, so I do want to put out a small trigger warning if, you know, things like anxiety, depression, and PTSD, suicidal thoughts are something, you know, that you, that you would feel uncomfortable with. I'm just letting you know now that the content of this episode, it does include that. So, um, if you need to pause take a break, or click off. It's totally fine. Okay, let's get into it. Submission number one. What's your baggage? PTSD from growing up with invalidating and unreasonable parents. How does it affect you? Lower self-esteem and self-confidence, higher self-doubt, and a lack of trust. Submission number two. What's your baggage? Anxiety. How does it affect you? It affects my relationships and daily activities when it gets bad, thinking things that aren't necessarily true and catastrophizing. Submission number three. What's your baggage? Lately, I've been entering a depressive episode where I have strong urges to kill myself, but I'm currently around a group of people who aren't necessarily equipped to handle it. It's been a long time since this has happened, and I'm not sure what the best way is to deal with it. How does this affect you? I'll spend hours to days at a time distracting myself with videos or movies to try and let this episode pass like I normally do but it's taking much longer than I'm used to. I'm starting to fall very behind in my academics and it's greatly impacted my social life, more so than COVID-19 already has. Other comments, thoughts, or concerns? Submission number three also said, I really appreciate this idea and I'm really glad it was shared to me. And to that, I would respond, you're welcome and thank you for sharing. Submission number four, what's your baggage? Never feeling good enough, pretty enough, skinny enough. How does it affect you? It affects me through reoccurring episodes of depression, anxiety, and body image issues. 
Submission number five. What's your baggage? When I turned 20, my grandfather and mother died suddenly within months of each other. Because they were key family members in my family, their deaths were a major blow. But what made their deaths more complicated was the property both of them had and that inheritance. Some of the family members said that my father shouldn't have inherited my mother's piece of property. After a major legal battle between my father and those family members, my father gained ownership over that property, and as a result, my extended family cut me and my immediate family out. I had grown up with these people my entire life through birthdays, holidays, Christmas, and summers, and they pretended as though I had never existed to them. How does this affect you? My mother's death, on top of a massive estrangement from my entire extended family, basically stopped my psychological development for five years, and the estrangement only compounded the immense grief I was experiencing after losing a parent so suddenly. More than 10 years after this has happened, and I still struggle with forgiving them for the pain they put me through and the anger I hold against them. No one on that side has reached out to me at all, and it has really impacted my ability to trust others and be vulnerable to them. And submission number five also said, I think this is a really neat idea. Thanks for letting me vent and tell someone about my story. I really appreciate it. And to that I say, thank you for sharing. And you're welcome. Submission number six. What's your baggage? My generalized anxiety disorder prevents me from seeking others for support, but punishes me for isolating myself. I am lonely, and I am the only one to blame for it. Submission number seven. What's your baggage? I am 28 years old. I started drinking alcohol at the age of 17, and I never really stopped. I tried to quit many times, but it has never worked. I never realized how bad things were until I got into a relationship. Alcohol was what broke up my ex and I. I think about her all the time. I live every day with regret because I know I should have tried harder to stop drinking. I regret the decade of my life that I lost. I want to stop, but I don't know if there's a point anymore since I have lost everyone. How does it affect you? Financially. It affects my relationships and at work. Submission number eight. What's your baggage? I have a long story. I had a friend for about two and a half years. In these, really, in these years of friendship, she became more and more rude to me, and she became more and more of a spontaneous liar. She would lie about small things that didn't matter, and she eventually became the boy who cried wolf. Nobody could believe a single word she said, not even her own mother. She had this guy she really liked, and he was super nice and a good-looking boy. He rejected her, and she started to bully him and spread rumors across the school about how he did some awful things. Some of which are obviously fake, and others I'm not sure about, but some people believed her. Eventually, I became friends with him, and we let him into my friend group. 
We started to eat lunch together with my friends, and we, and we would play Uno every day. This boy ended up taking his own life a few weeks after I gained trust in him and good friendship. The viewing was a few days later, and the day before, it seemed like she was more excited about her new dress she bought for the viewing than she was sad about his death. Later during the viewing, the mother of the boy confronted the girl and told her that she was not welcome at the funeral the next day because of the rumors she had spread and the messages the mother had found on her son and the messages the mother had found between her son and the girl. The girl tried to rope me into the situation even though I didn't know the rumors she had spread. She told the mother that I had helped spread the rumors. After I had found out that she had told his mother this, I ended my friendship with the girl and it was my last straw. I had debated ending my friendship with her for a very long time then. I was just putting it off because I didn't want to end a friendship, but this was something I couldn't let down. After all of this, she came to me multiple times trying to tell a story which I assume is fake, but she called it her side of the story. She came up to me during school to talk about it, and I didn't want to talk to her. She tried to call me, but I had blocked her, and she went as far as coming to my house and knocking on the door to try to get me on her side. There's no way I can trust anything that she had said to me. She told me she was taking everything out on me after an argument with her parents about her coming out as bisexual. I told her that if she had was having this kind of problem, she should have talked to me about it instead of taking it out on me, and I assume on the boy as well. In my opinion, this is not an excuse for what she did to the boy or what she did to me. When I have not stated, long story short, it's her being a backstabbing person and a compulsive liar. I could go off and tell multiple small stories about situations where she lied or backstabbed me. But I don't want to make this too much of a long story for you to read. After all this drama happened, I came across another person who had the same red flags as this girl. And I'm glad I backed away from her because she ended up being a bad person. Or someone I would not want to be around. The main stage of grief I felt was surprisingly guilt. I know I had nothing to do with why he did what he did but I feel like I could have helped him out of it. In my religion, we believe that we get these feelings in our hearts, that we should do something, even if we don't know it yet. We believe these feelings are from the Holy Ghost trying to guide us. The day before he ended his life was a Friday, and the next weekend was a long weekend, and I went on vacation with my family. That Friday before he ended his life, I had a strong feeling in my heart and my gut and my heart that I needed to talk to him and tell him how much he meant to me and how much of a good friend he was and how I wish I had gotten to know him better a long time ago when we had first met. But I decided to go to my next class instead of waiting the extra five minutes and possibly being late to my next class to tell him. I feel like if he heard me say these things, he might have considered keeping his life around for his friends. How does this affect you? This whole situation has given me major anxiety. 
me and my parents had known that I had anxiety before all of this went down. But this whole situation made my anxiety skyrocket. It wouldn't be this bad for me if I hadn't gone through all this. My anxiety has gotten to the point where I start feeling nauseous and I start getting heartaches all the time. I eventually went in to get some medication, which made a significant difference in my anxiety. I now have trust issues. It's even difficult for me to trust people I have known as long as I can remember. And it's difficult for me to trust people I've never met. I get triggered with suicide now. And when a friend jokingly puts their finger in the shape of a gun or points it at their neck or head, I am always scared that my friends will hurt themselves in any way or even kill themselves. Submission 9. What's your baggage? COVID-19 is making my anxiety worse. How does it affect you? I'm constantly worrying that I'll become a statistic. I'm hallucinating symptoms when I've got nothing, and it's been extremely challenging to get over this hump. I'm not sure what to do to get rid of these fears and symptoms other than looking for outside help. It's really affecting myself and relationships. Submission number 10. What's your baggage? Being expected to take on a parenting role to my cousins when I didn't ask for this. It makes me feel terrible to feel this way, but I don't understand why my aunt thinks I can undo her absence as a mother to her own kids and think that I can teach them everything they need to know and that they'll turn out better if I mother them. It's one thing to be a parent, but I think there's a big difference compared to being a mom To be a parent, you do the basic bare minimum. You're expected to take care of your kids financially, make sure they have food and water, make sure they are clothed and warm and safe. But to be a mom, it's a whole other level of emotional, mental, and even spiritual connection that you need to establish with your child. I know that all immigrant parents work so hard to provide for their families, but That should not be the only card they use to justify that they're being a good mother or father figure. And again, I cannot emphasize enough that these thoughts alone makes me feel like the shittiest person on the planet. This also goes on to the pressure that later on in the future, if my cousins turn out being rebellious, then it would be my fault. How does this affect you? Mentally? Incredibly conflicted, and I find my mood dips significantly when I think about this topic or whenever it is brought up. I guess I don't necessarily need advice because I know there needs to be boundaries in the place within my family. It's just hard and difficult to navigate. I care for my cousins a lot. I want them to be decent kids and grow up better than the household that raised them. But I also didn't ask to to be a mother to them when I barely have my life together either. It's a lot of pressure and concerns that I sincerely don't need to weigh down on me. Submission 11. What's your baggage? Our hearts are capable of many things. Life, love, heartbreak. The concept of love has always been foreign to me, abstract in practice, romanticized to a certain extent, and very difficult to grasp. I am not entirely sure if I'm ashamed to say this or just embarrassed, but despite being at the age I am right now, I have never truly been in love. Heck, I'm not even certain if I have even loved. 
What is it like to love someone like your whole world depended on it? To be loved like there is no tomorrow. How does this affect you? How is love defined? To what extent is it considered love and not just lust? Are the two mutually exclusive? I have this running joke that I've kept to myself that I am a lost cause when it comes to this matter. And I often wonder if I am simply incapable of loving, accepting love. If I am indeed emotionally unavailable, it boggles my mind as to the reason why I am the way I am. Was it genetically predetermined, or are there cultural factors at play? If others are capable, why not I? What is holding me back, anchoring me down? The only plausible reason I can come up with is that I overthink enough for both parties involved. Working myself up to the point that I'd rather be alone than risk being turned away. But what is the worst that can come? I found extreme comfort in being alone and with myself. We are BFFs until death do we part. Just like any other kind of relationship, this one can be just as toxic and crippling, if not more so. But one day, I hope that love and I find one another. But one day, I also hope that I wouldn't be so hung up on obtaining this love like it's some token in an RPG. One day my heart will be heavy with not the desire to be in love, but with love itself. So, submission number 12. What's your baggage? Um, depending on who you ask and what day it is and what hour it is, I'll tell you something else, but um, I think currently... The most pervasive thing that I feel on a daily basis. I feel as if there's some aspects of my life and my, I don't want to say the word fucking identity, but sure, whatever you want to call it. Certain aspects of my identity that I am not okay and not ready with sharing with the world yet. And don't worry, it's not nothing dramatic or new to the world. But there's someone specific in my family that I live under the same roof with. Who I'm not really completely honest with. And in the past year or so, I think... You know, I don't want to get into the fucking long story of everything. But like... There's been... It's been a roller coaster. You know, my, my mom my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer. She's in remission now. God bless the world. You know, that really unraveled a lot of things. There's only three of us in the family. There was always, like, cracks and everything. But I think after my mom going through this difficult time of her life and us kind of, you know, trying to make up for the fact that, you know, she was sick and trying to help out here, help out there, figure out the money stuff and this stuff. After all, after all of that, the, the things were literally never the same. And I think generally speaking, for those who go through a, a severe sickness and major life change, it's never the same. It's never the same for yourself and it's never the same for the people around you. 
but shit did I not, I didn't expect to be this different. And whatever, long story short, a lot of these little cracks got exposed since like a two and a half years ago. And it's just never been the same under this roof. Um, and yeah, originally I was going to do this whole like coming out episode for the podcast because October supposedly is like coming out month or whatever. Um, I've never really talked out loud in a piece of media about the fact that I'm not fully straight in life. Um, I, I, I wish there was like a very like dramatic story as to how I realized or came to realize that I, I was this specific way. Um, but there's there's nothing there. I think, you know, you, you, you walk through life and you have these biases and you have these attractions to people, things, subjects. And like this was just one of those things. And early in high school, that was probably when like the things, it, it, it pivoted. There was a pivot point in my life where I realized like, whoa, women. Um, but you know, I, I went through high school. I had a high school boyfriend and I was, you know, cute and whatever. And then it wasn't until like undergrad where I think most people kind of, you know, spread their wings, leave the fucking nest and then, you know, meet people and fuck around with people like that. That's when I kind of came into it. And um, yeah, in high school, there was some there was some people close to me that I I came out to and undergrad. Same idea, like my my core group of friends. If you guys are listening to this BFJ fam jam, I love you a lot. Um, um, yeah, like I, a lot, I've been very fortunate in my life where, you know, I, if I came out to somebody, they weren't like, holy fuck, we didn't see that coming because I mean, look at me, but you know, or like I have never had the reaction where it's like, holy shit, like that's not okay. Like that's not my mojo. Like don't, don't involve me in that. I never had a negative reaction to it. And I've been very fortunate, of course, to have people who are like, yeah, man, like, sure, thanks for sharing. Want to want to eat a pizza? You know, like just people who just they don't see that. They don't see the world in that way. They don't hold any kind of is, is prejudice the right word? I don't know. But, you know, they don't, they don't hold that discrimination. Prejudice and discrimination. What's the what's the difference again? Like somebody got to educate me on that. But, you know, like nobody ever discriminated against me or saw me in a different way because of this thing and even to this day i can't even say it out loud because it it kind of like some part of me still feels like i can't say it or or like accept like i fully accepted it trust me but like i guess on a verbal level i never really accepted it and then and then I met Stephanie and uh, my life changed completely I think because after I met Stephanie I realized like holy crap like this is this is this is not just some kind of college fling this is like this is somebody that I finally feel comfortable with and somebody who I see like at least five 
to 10 to 15 to 20 years with. Or more than that, of course, Stephanie, if you're listening to this. I'm just not saying it's going to end that 20 years, but you know what I'm saying, babe. Um, I, it really shifted how I saw myself. And it really shifted my priorities in life because when, you know, you fall in love and you meet somebody, like you, you feel like you have a future to plan for. Uh, whether it's like professionally or just, you know, with kids and whatever. But like, I, I realized like, like what, what, what is this going to mean? And how is this going to change my trajectory in life? Even in 2020, I worry about like, and I've had conversations with her before about this, but like, I worry about like how is you know disclosing this part of us and you know being like oh yeah my I'm, I'm dating a woman or whatever how is that going to affect us day to day how is it going to affect our careers how is it going to affect um you know the way people see us not that the people's opinions matter but in certain ways it does what does this mean about safety was what does this mean about like you know let's say in the future or, you know we're, we're going to like a parent interview thing and then you know the, the teacher is maybe homophobic let's say or the principal is and then like the, what if like, a lot of what ifs have been thrown in the air and um luckily uh, stephanie came out to her parents and her her family and things went a lot smoother than we expected not perfectly but i think as smooth as smooth can be and we've been very fortunate in that way but i think about one person under my roof who i've never ever in my life meshed well with we've butted head since probably the day i was born and i think about my dad and i think probably maybe two weeks ago now steph when you're listening to this when when, when was that that time i cried in the car I just, I just, it just hit me because I realized, it hits me every day, but I'm just saying, I realize like, I live under this roof with this person and they don't know a whole side of me. They don't know that, we, they don't know where I go on my weekends. They don't know where, you know, who I spend my time with and who makes me happy, who I'm buying gifts for and all these things. And you know, like, not that you share everything with your parents, but like, I just feel like you know a, a part of watching your kid grow up is watching them fall in love and date and have their heart broken and then you put them back together and then they get married and they've sent you they leave the nest and whatever and um like i it, it, it a part of me feels very heavy because i can't really tell my dad that and you know a lot of my close friends are like you, you should just tell him like what's the worst that could happen um anyway yeah, what's the worst that could happen and i i just stared at them and said like do you know my father in a lot of ways he's very progressive and he's very um westernized but in a lot of ways like no <laughs> um there was somebody i brought home at some point in life and just 
sheer fact that they were not an Asian person, my dad freaked the fuck out. So imagine if I bring a woman who is Italian, an Italian woman home, I think he would probably lose his shit. Um, like, he, he would probably just knock out. But, like, anyway. I... Yeah, there are times when, like, something wonderful happened. And it kind of carries into, like, my personal life, too. Because, you know, if, if you can't share this part of your life with somebody, then, like, I, over time, I just stopped talking to him about things about school. Let's say, like, how's, how's clinic going? I don't, yeah, I just keep it very basic. Um, and, like, as I, as time moves forward, I feel like he's not going to know me at all. He doesn't know me at all, but he's going to, not even going to recognize who I am. Like, what really fucks me up is that I think despite how much I have a love-hate relationship with my father and arguably he's a bad and good person at the same time, like, I think about, like, in the future if, you know, we had kids and stuff, like, would I be robbing him the experience of being a grandfather? Despite, I think, if, you know, your father or your mother fucks up in life, like, I feel like everyone is entitled to have that experience of being a grandparent. And I remember one of our arguments and fights, he he straight up told me, like, if my grandkid doesn't have black hair, I can't love them. With regards to being Asian, of course, when he, that's what he meant by that. So if my grandkids don't look Asian or are not Asian, I can't love them. And I remember... I really held on to that for a really long time and I kind of basically, I think my response in the moment was like, well, if you're going to think that way, like, why would I bring the grandkids around you anyway? But long story short, like, I think that's what's been heavy on my heart because like, time is ticking. I'm going to be done school soon. I'm going to be on my own relatively-ish soon and I'm, I, I, do, do I just leave the nest without saying anything? Um, do I drop the bomb then leave the nest is what we've been thinking that I do. Yeah, or and then another part of my brain thinks like what if it all ends well? I'm not an optimistic person, fuck that, but you know what if I tell him, like, hey, dad, da-di-da-da-da, and I'm gay, and then he says, wow, wish you had told me sooner, because I've always known, and then he'll give me a big hug, and have that be that, and then I'll bring Stephanie over, and then we'll hang out, she can meet my parents officially, and then that's that. And, you know, a part of sometimes I get really bitter. I'm like, ah, it would just be so much easier if we were like in a hetero heterosexual relationship. Like, I think straight people, in a way, sometimes, but there's different cases, but straight people take it for 
for granted. It's like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just bring my girlfriend home. This proud moment when like someone bring, you bring your girlfriend or partner, partner home. Um, I get really bitter. It's like, ah, fuck. You know, but I think the biggest thing about growing up is that you have to be responsible and you have to acknowledge and kind of deal with the repercussions of the decisions that you choose. And I think I told Stephanie in the car that night, I told her that, you know, I understand the rep- the certain. There are, despite what we think in 2020, I'm, I accept the repercussions that, uh, I accept the repercussions of the decisions that we make and what we choose in life. And I've always tried to uphel- uphold that in my life. I've always told myself that if I go left when the rest of the fucking world goes right i have to deal with the repercussions of going left not in a political standpoint but you know i'm just saying like going in a different direction at the 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 the, the split and the fucking fork in the road uh, it is 3 a.m now and i'm tired okay and i'll wrap it up yeah i think that's my baggage and how does it affect me um it affects me because like i said I feel like I'm just a shell of a human being when I'm in my household. I can't bring Steph over. I can't talk to my dad about cool things that we did or, you know, cool, funny things that she told me. Both my dad and Steph like to bake. They have this mutual thing, but I can't really tell him that yet. And it affects me because it just puts this... Well... A mi- like a million walls behind uh, between us and it affects me because i feel so much guilt you know trying to be a good vietnamese daughter i feel so much guilt that i'm being dishonest about the decisions that i make and where i go and you know who i'm with and what and ultimately i feel guilty that you know i'm happy and i can't share this with him yet because i don't trust him to react the way that i would you know that would be optimal or even remotely okay and uh yeah i think that's basically it i have never talked so candidly on a podcast episode usually things are mildly scripted but at 3 a.m this is kind of like a word vomit train of thought so I hope when I edit this, it'll all make sense. Thank you guys for tuning to the podcast. Thank you for those who sent in the submissions. And uh, I hope if you're listening to this, you heard something today that you kind of resonated with. And just know that generally speaking, you're not alone. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.